0: Welcome to Tech Interviews. This week, a different slant to the show. Rather than chatting with those involved in the technology industry, I speak with a real user, someone who's embraced technology to bring innovation to their market. So settle back, enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to the show. This week, I'm joined by Lee Clark of GivePenny to discuss how they've embraced the cloud to develop a fundraising platform that is allowing charities to come up with new, innovative and fun ways to raise money, as well as interact with a much wider audience. Personally, I think it's a great example of how technology innovation can make a real positive impact. So uh, why don't we start off by you telling people a little bit about who you are uh, and what it is that GivePenny do. Of course, yeah, no problem. So I'm the uh,
1: founder and CEO here at GivePenny.com, which is a a new online giving platform designed to help charities uh, raise money in fundamentally new ways. Um, The whole idea behind the, the platform itself is to help people connect more of what they're doing online with what they're doing when they're not online. So uh, really, we're trying to help charities engage a younger generation, and millennials are the, the seen as the most generous ever, um, with uh, a high proportion of them donated to charity in the last few years, much higher than people who are um, in their 30s and 40s now. Um, and so we're building a platform that's fit for that generation to go on and raise money in the future.
0: It's interesting you mention uh, uh, millennials because they tend to be the generation that uh, get blamed for all the world's ills, of course. And, and often people forget this idea that they are uh, also the most, uh, you know, the most generous when it comes to fundraising. So in terms of fundraising organisations, obviously this has been something that you've been passionate around for a while, um, was there a gap in the way that these organisations were looking to engage with, with potential fundraisers?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it all came from initially a personal experience of fundraising. Um, and that there have been um, some massive innovation around 15 years ago where people um, weren't even trusting the Internet to process payments at the time. And uh, an organization that everybody's familiar with, Just Giving, came along and, and made it safe and secure and easy to make donations to charities. And it changed the way that people um, could go out and do something good and, and raise money for the causes that they love. Um, since then, there have been kind of iterative developments in how people can take full advantage of, of their online lives to, to Help encourage people to make donations and for people to go out and do fundraising activity in the first place. And back in 2013, I uh, booked myself on a a 100-mile bike ride um, because I tend to book myself things that I I can't do and then decide how I'm going to end up doing them afterwards. Um, uh, I booked myself on this big ride and I thought to myself, well, uh, I may as well raise money for charity as a way of motivating me to to train. So. I launched an online fundraising page. I raised about £200. And then a week before the event, I got flu. Um, not man flu. You can still ride a bike with man flu, apparently. Uh, a proper flu. Surely um, not. So that it can't be true. <laughs> I, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, and there was no way I was going to uh, do the equivalent of a marathon on a, on a bicycle. Um, so uh, I felt familiar feelings that maybe people who are training for marathons who maybe turn an ankle before the event um, might get and and felt guilt that I'd raised all of this money for a charity but hadn't completed the challenge that I set out and there was a little bit of frustration because I'd also tracked over a thousand miles of training using the RunKeeper smartphone app and none of that was connected to how much I'd raised. So none of the people that have made donations could see all of the effort that goes into the 100 mile bike ride. But in fact, I've done 10 times that distance over the course of a few months. So I then started to think, well, that's not the only information that me as a normal consumer sends to the cloud. There's, there's, there are, at the time, if you remember back um, in, in, in around 2013, apps were just exploding. We, we just had them everywhere and for everything. So we, we're all chucking data individually into the cloud but none of it was connected to giving. And I thought, well, there's nothing out there. And in the singular moment that anybody is entrepreneurial, I thought,
0: let's just do it.
1: And we built the concept behind GivePenny, which was the idea that initially you could be sponsored to count stuff, and then if you used apps to count things, they would do the counting for you. Um, It's grown much more now into um, a deeper understanding of how the sector works, Um, the third sector, Um, in in a lot of ways it is often crippled by its own behaviour in that they should be run like businesses I firmly believe that but they're under so much pressure to not spend the money that they raise on generating the next set of donations so they, they don't tend to invest as much in innovation as they probably should and so what we wanted to offer was basically access to the most innovative fundraising platform in the world without them having to build it themselves so they could take advantage of us being i suppose innovation off the shelf and and now we found ourselves in a situation where charities are asking us to help them launch brand new fundraising they call them products so these are like appeals and virtual events to put into their calendar so that they can encourage people young and old to try new things and raise money in fundamentally new ways so it's been a, a long and somewhat a bulk filled journey but we're finding our niche and and things are really starting to to go well for us now
0: and and i mean that that is you know that's fascinating i think that's you know one of these things that um you know certainly when i talk to people about technology it's one of those areas that we that we strive for almost that idea that we see a use of technology and whether that's a new technology trend or maybe an established you know piece of technology but we see a gap in a in the way that we operate so that we see a gap in a marketplace and that we have the opportunity to if not revolutionize but certainly evolve the way that that uh, that we you know that we look at a certain market allowing us to get not necessarily competitive edge not maybe not so much in this field but certainly an edge over being able to do something that engages our customers more or mm-hmm. or uh, you know allows us to do new and inventive things that we've not been able to do in the past you know, and i think that's you know, a, a brilliant example of, of being able to do that and before, I've got a question in the back of my mind about how you've approached some of the third sector, some of the charities that you work with, and the kind of conversations they've had internally about embracing a kind of a new approach. But maybe before we do that, I'd be interested in a little bit about some of the background to some of the stuff that you've been doing. Then that you know, because you talked about this kind of new new way that people can use technology that's relatively widely available to maybe do fundraising so so what are some of the examples of that what, what are some of the things that you're uh, allowing people now to use as a way of, of raising funds for the things they're passionate about so um
1: we've worked with a, a few charities um small and big to um, do different appeals and events around the theme of a connected entity so one of the earliest things that we we, did. we worked with a charity called Toy Box who exists to end the injustice of children living in the streets um, uh, in uh, places like Peru and Guatemala and, and so on. And They were able to, to use um, Fitbit and our connection to Fitbit to encourage fundraisers to be sponsored for every Five, ten, a hundred thousand steps that they take as a way of also communicating uh, intuitively the message behind um, their cause. Um, something that I had not um, myself uh, been aware of is the fact that street children sleep during the day and walk during the night because it's uh, safer to do so. So they have to keep on the move um, for, for obvious reasons to avoid violence and 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 kidnap and all other manner of horrors um, and so they sleep during the day. So the fact that someone can stay on their feet the entire night, they had a uh, like a launch event where they walked through the streets of London, I joined them, um, they walked all night, got to see the sights at night when London is empty, and it's a beautiful place um, uh, at night and, and um, it was a way of uh, encouraging fundraisers to undertake a steps challenge of their own but have that connected to, to the steps they take that are being counted by their Fitbit. Um, My personal favourite from more recent time um, is working with the Whale and Dolphin Conservation Charity. Um, They released their first ever um, online gaming um, fundraising initiative, which is a fascinating area when it comes to um, trying to find uh, a younger audience to engage with the cause. there's a website called Twitch um, at twitch.tv, uh, it, a lot of people refer to it as the YouTube for Gamers. Um, in fact it's much more than that, um, if you think that YouTube maybe grew from vlogging and then um, gamers started streaming their gaming or other games to it, Twitch started with gaming and streaming games and has moved towards more more vlogging. Uh, the, the fundamental difference is that Twitch is probably more popular with younger people than people who are on YouTube. And so. When and Dolphin developed a a product, an appeal, which I love the name for, Gamers for Orcas, (laughs) which is absolutely genius. And they had this like kind of eight bit logo of a whale breaking through the sea, and it just looked fantastic. And they did their own 24 hour gaming marathon. They invited um, a a load of games developers. They had a partnership with Sega, um, uh, along with another eight or nine um, games developers themselves. And they were able to encourage individuals to launch fundraising pages on GivePenny that were connected to their Twitch broadcasts. So they basically had their stream embedded on a fundraising page and we were able to offer the facility of sending donations to the charity in a safe and secure manner, um, which fundamentally um, is where the future will be. Uh, basically charities need to be present on the platforms and in the communities that they're Uh, fundraisers and donors of tomorrow are going to be, and Twitch is a great example of that. And then one more example, um, we've worked with a couple of charities on um, virtual marathons. So there's a smartphone app um, called RunKeeper. It's actually the the app that uh, I was using when I was tracking my cycling back in 2013. Um, And you can be sponsored to run a marathon in a month, for example, and effectively try to do 27 miles 30 days and be sponsored for every mile that you actually go out and run um, tracked on, on, on the smartphone app. So there, there are there are some examples of the kind of things that we have done. And then I can't wait to get stuck into connecting to things like Spotify and um, people being sponsored to, uh, to, to host a party. And then every song that's played uh, has to be attached to a donation. So you can have kind of guilty pleasures put on a playlist in return for £2 going to a charity, for example. There's lots of things that we can connect to out there, and you've only really got to sit there and think about all the things that we use on our phones and on our tablets and PCs and laptops to realize how much of that data is out there and just waiting to be connected to giving.
0: I, I, mean, I think it's a, it's a brilliant example of util, you know, seeing how technology is evolving and being able to utilize that to do this kind of, you know, to do things in a different way, to do things that are new, um, and I think it leads to, you know a couple of those examples you were giving, um, and you mentioned there about engagement, and you mentioned there about it's going to be important for charities to be on the platforms where their fundraisers spend their time, and where they might enjoy raising raising funds for for charities they're passionate about. So it goes back to the kind of question I mentioned earlier that. Obviously, working with the third sector, working with charities, can be um, can no doubt have its challenges, as can working with all kinds of, of organisations. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a lot of these, as you mentioned, Joe, yeah, there's, there's lots of pressure on these organisations not to plough lots of money into. Uh, back into their own business, you know, it's about making sure that the money they raise goes to the places it should do. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, how, how did you, when you first started talking to some of the charities you mentioned, for example, you know, how did you pitch this kind of um, kind of left of field concept to them, you know, and, and, and what, was, what was some of the pushback you got from those and, and how did you maybe help them to overcome that? Because I think one of the things that people listening to this might be interesting is that maybe they've got these great ideas for implementing a new technology in their organisation but they're not really sure how to deal with, no doubt, the kind of pushback and questions that they'll get maybe from their management team or from a, from a board level. So mm-hmm. so did you see a lot of that, and, and how did you maybe cover that?
1: Um, I think that, um, like in any sector, you, you're going to have people who um, think forward and people who think back, and then the people who hide and, and put their shutters down and hope that all of this new stuff goes away. <laughs> so... Um, when meeting charities in the early days, uh, both big and small to be fair, um, it was a mixed reaction. We had people saying, well, what we've got works. And if it's not broken, why would we fix it? Um, and, and the way to, to, to kind of at least help them think it slightly differently would be to suggest that um, all trends are pointing towards online giving um, rising. So the proportion of uh, donations that are made online Um, since 2009 has gone from sub 5% um, to uh, over 25% of all donations Um, and it's getting quicker and quicker and you only have to think to yourself well how often do we do we pay with cash now Um, it won't be long before um, well in fact uh, I've seen contactless uh, donation buckets I don't know if you've seen those yet where instead of it being spare change it's literally a one-off contactless donation of a pound or two pounds um, there's, a, there's an initiative uh, with a, another business that provides services for the third sector called uh, nicestjobs.com. Um, it's basically a, a, recruitment, a video recruitment platform that allows people to um, post jobs but then also um, uh, post a video of what it's like to work at their business and then the other, the other side of it being candidates can upload videos of themselves uh, effectively um, uh, selling themselves on a platform that they're used to. So basically bringing vlogging and and self-presentation into HR, which is massively innovative in in, in my opinion. They have um, an initiative where they send uh, uh, people to do the nicest job in Britain and there's an associated car, I think it's sponsored by Citroën, they have a contactless payment device embedded in the car so whichever charity that car is sat at at the time people can make contactless donations to it. Um, So cash is becoming less and less um, relevant over time and if charities aren't recognizing that the growth in online giving is not going to stop and that the Millennials who are the most generation uh, sorry most generous generation ever are going to make more and more online donations if we don't innovate and if, if charities don't innovate and they will stand still and eventually become extinct because the other thing in play is that there's this massive difference between the top 2,000 charities in the UK, they tend to turn over over a million pounds, um, and the other 198,000 good causes that turn over less than a million pounds. So we already need some consolidation in the sector. And actually, I think that those that think forward are going to be the ones that's still here in 10 years' time, Um, and those that don't uh, will either find a niche and operate and, and be small. Um, uh, or, or they're not going to be here. Um, so uh, I suppose for, uh, maybe your audience thinks that you know we've got this technology and a lot of the times it can be sold on the basis of, well, fear of the unknown and fear of the future, but you can look at it as, well, actually there's a huge market opportunity here for you as a charity. You can be relevant to a generation that's making more online donations than ever and is the most generous. You just have to be on the platforms and around the platforms that they operate on. Um, So our conversations were mixed. um, But the ones that have embraced it, um, we're only just scratching the surface of what's possible if you think, well, actually, how creative can we be to to ask people to raise money? And it's certainly more creative than just asking people to to do a marathon once a year or or, uh, go for a long bike ride.
0: So yeah,
1: it's horses for courses, I think, is the best way of answering that question.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, I think it's a couple of things he said that, that's, that's fascinating actually in there. And, and certainly, one of the conversations that we have um, a lot with our customers is this idea of, you know, these technology innovations are there to help you to gain advantage. And if you're not taking advantage of them, you know, the, the idea that actually, you know, I think you mentioned before, if it's not broke, why would I want to fix it? Well, actually, if you're not doing that, you can bet that some if not all of your competitors are doing exactly that and they will gain advantage and if you want to remain relevant and competitive in your market then these te- there are technologies out there you know not not every technology of course not but there certainly are technologies that that you should embrace and I, and I think that was um you know I think that was very interesting in in kind of that you're seeing the same uh you know with, with this kind of innovation conversation you're having you're, you're seeing exactly the same thing um, and, I th- and just one other thing that you mentioned as well that, that certainly has, has been an experience for, for me is that, you know, I'm sure like most people listening to this, we've all, you know, we've done fundraising for, for charities that mean something to us. And certainly one of the things that uh, a couple of people said to me when um, I, I did the Great North Run a, a few years back um, was that people, you know, we uh, and I was well supported and, and lots of great sponsorship, um, but people had said to me, but if you're going to go and do it again next year, don't expect uh, the same level of support because people will support you once, but then expect you to do something even more insane next time. Because going, yeah, but didn't you just do that last time? Um, and I think it's really interesting that the, the option to say, well, actually, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something inventive, you know. And I, and I think that's that's really quite powerful.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, one some, of you, some charities uh, are really embracing that. I mean, do you know how many steps it would be to get to the moon? Do tell. 478 million steps. So you could uh, turn what uh, I think it's one of the American Medical Councils suggests that we should do uh, 10,000 steps a day to be be, um, relatively active. Um, If you said to someone, I'm going to be relatively active uh, for a month, will you sponsor me? You're going to get the no (laughs) answer. Um, uh, To up the ante a little, you could say, well, I'm helping, I don't know, uh, Cancer Research UK uh, walk to the moon. Uh, I'm contributing to this massive appeal along with thousands of other people all trying to get to the moon. There's so much more emotion attached to that and it creates a deeper emotional connection by being able to not just ask for money up front for something you're going to do, which is how other online platforms work at the moment, whereas we're we're seeing a trend towards, well back actually, to being sponsored for what you actually do. So I remember swimming as a kid and, and raising money for charity and being sponsored for every wit of the pool mm. and, and then with my hair still wet knocking on the, the door of a neighbour with my towel under my arm and saying here's my sponsorship form I managed to do 10 wits and then collecting a £5 note and then feeling that that amazing sense of achievement that's largely gone or transferred somewhere else uh, in the online fundraising experience we figured that We can probably bring some of that emotional connection to a cause back both from the fundraiser's point of view but also the supporter so if someone's just been asked to give money because you're doing a run um, you want to you want to do more than just say thanks for the money that's gone to the charity now i'm going to go and do this this run in a few months time you want to be able to say i've earned this much of that donation look look at what i'm doing with the money that you're motivating me with that i i know is going to end up at a charity i care about and by the way, if you didn't know about this charity in the first place here's is the reason why I'm doing this more often. So creating a deeper emotional connection to to fundraising and to giving is also where it's at, I think in the future well,
0: and it doesn't it sounds like you know you you kind of um ticking boxes both ends aren't you that you're 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 giving the fundraising you know the the charity. An opportunity to engage differently, to, to find new ways of fundraising. But yeah. you're also given a better, to, to use some kind of salesy term, but a you know, better customer experience because those raising the funds are more engaged with the day-to-day process. Those supporting them are more engaged. You know, and, and you, you, I suppose you look at that and think, well, that's a, you know, that, that's again this kind of ideal that we we talk about with businesses that by you know embracing some innovation. We deliver a better product and service. We engage with our customers better. Our end users get a better experience. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's you know it's fantastic to see to see that. Um, I, I mean, one thing I did just want to pick up on. I uh, appreciate we're, we're kind of running short time now, but one thing I did want to pick up on was um, something that we, we've spoken about previously, which was the idea that um, you know that you have also you know you're not just talking about to charities about embracing technology. Actually, your whole platform is based on embracing technology and using technology that's available. To you today Mm -hmm. that means you've been able to launch give penny um you know uh, and actually that this was maybe not something that you could have done 15 or 20 years ago so i mean do do you want to give us a little bit of background to not necessarily in depth on the technology but but how these kind of modern uh, modern availability of technologies allowed you to to build this platform of
1: course yeah so kind of 15 20 years ago uh we were still scared to process a payment online and There wasn't uh, uh, really a sophisticated um, uh, internet uh, where businesses were transacting online a lot. Um, In fact, I I think I I couldn't tell you when the phrase died, but e-business—I mean, it's it's just business now. (laughs) So, kind of 15, 20 years ago, we, we lived in a world where if you wanted to build a payment processing platform that would allow. A business to collect donations and then send it to a charity because those charities didn't have their own either website or ability to take payments online Um, you're talking about a situation where the market leader in just giving um, received over two million pounds of investment in the first two years of their being just to build the platform properly and i'm sure there are archives online that show you that website and it's laughable to think that we thought that was amazing back then Um, but when we look at how we built GivePenny and fundamentally payment processing was one of the easiest things to do because we, we oh the things I've learned over the over the last two years, I didn't know what an API was until uh, two years ago. I just thought that, that we'd have to kind of go direct to each kind of partner and platform and, and there would be something bespoke that we had to do. But in, in fact we still live in an era where organisations on a permission basis um, uh, allow users to share data with other platforms. So we were able to build GivePenny and its payment processing engine so easily using cloud technologies and, and, um, uh, and platforms that are available, readily available um, uh, in order to allow PayPal to process donations. Um, uh, and another organisation called Go Cardless, which is quite an innovative um, payment merchant that uses the direct debit scheme to take single payments. Um, so we didn't have to build a payment engine, we just needed to build a connection to a payment engine. And then we then uh, exploded that out into then connecting um, the, uh, I suppose, the, the the algorithm behind how much is donated, to the apps that were counting things. So a connection to Fitbit, a connection to Runkeeper, even a connection to Facebook, so people could be sponsored to check in at a given location and therefore collect sponsorship for every time they go somewhere regularly, like maybe volunteer. And it was so much easier than I than I know it would have been 15 years ago. Um, and if you think that, you know, like most people, I know what Moore's law is—the idea that, that we get this exponential growth. Um, I can't see it plateauing. We're still we're still going at such a pace that I know that um, what we've built um, could probably be built in someone's bedroom using their own internet connection and a lot of effort and uh, as a platform, they would have it up and running within a few months. Um, So it's been amazing to know that someone like me who's not massively technical can at least get my head around the concepts, pull a team together and build something special without having to have so much of that investment that would have gone in kind of 15, 16 years ago to build a platform that did something relatively simple back then. We've got this this opportunity now to build this amazing user experience so that people can raise loads of money for charity. I mean, we're the most generous country in Northern Europe. Um, 10 billion pounds a year is donated to charity every year. We're a fundamentally generous society. Tapping into the younger generation in an already generous society uh, is absolutely where it's gonna be. And we've been able to do it relatively simply um, given the availability of, uh, of technology in the cloud. So yeah, it's
0: it's great, great fun. As you can tell, <laughs> I wax lyrical about it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and I think um, you know, and obviously you know, we've we've come to the end of our time here. And I, I think that's been, um, you know, a fascinating use case in how uh, you know we've we've been able to take it, or, or you you've more 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 accurately how you've been able to take advantage of. This kind of availability of technology you know whether that's from payment processing to the data analytics or just provisioning the platform at all how you've been able to take advantage of these kind of technology trends to to deliver something quickly to you know to see an opportunity and to be able to build it without having to go and get a whole bunch of investment to, to help you to do that and how you've then turned that into something that as a platform charities can take advantage of to, to equally build innovation into, into the important work that they do. You know? and, it, and it's great to see this kind of innovation in such an important area where we're supporting people who are raising, you know, raising money for great courses. So I think it's a fantastic job that you and you and your team have done. Um, so you know, and I, I, I do indeed encourage people to go out and find out a little bit more about, about what you guys have done and what you've put together. So, so if people do want to do that, if people may want to maybe get in touch with you or have a look at what GivePenny are, are doing, uh, what's a good way of doing that?
1: So um, we have a Facebook page, so it's GivePenny, one word, Um, uh, you'll you'll find us using the search functionality. Our Twitter handle is at GivePennyUK and uh, of course there's the website itself, GivePenny.com. And, you know, we're we're a few thousand users into something that we think can be quite special and and I'd encourage um, anybody to get in touch on any of those channels um, if they've got ideas they think should be built into a platform like this because... Ultimately, this isn't about us. This is about building something for everyone else. Um, so, yeah, like you say, it's been very rewarding to be able to do do this and apply the knowledge, and people can find out more uh, in the, in, on those channels.
0: Well, Lee, look, I really appreciate that. Thanks for taking time to, uh, to join us today and, and, and tell us about the work that, that you and the GivePenny team have been doing. So um, thanks very much for that. Much appreciated, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks, Paul
0: hope you enjoyed that. For me, a great example of how technology innovation can make a real difference. For show notes and to find out more about GivePenny, pop over to techstringy.com where you'll also find all of our previous episodes. Next week, we take on the challenge of edge data as I'm joined by Yadine Porter DeLeon of Groover. So to make sure you catch that and all future episodes, then please subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Stitcher, as well as other homes of podcasts. So if you like the show, why not leave us a review? But until next time, thanks for listening.